Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Well, to this fine little radio program known only as Smoking and Toast. And yeah, it used to be known as something else, but uh, we like this name better. So it's like life has life has improved for all of us. Um, smoking and Toasting, or as I like to call it, my favorite day of the week. Because we get to come and do the show and have something to uh, to drink and, and occasionally have something to smoke. And, and we get to talk about some of our favorite subjects in the world. And I get to hang with uh, my man, Ian. How are you, sir? Man, I'm doing uh, pretty good this week. How about you? You're, you're having a good week, aren't you? I am having a good week. Yeah. Started out great. I had a, a steak night for my birthday. I believe yes. that was Monday night. It was awesome. That was a good time. Mm-hmm. It was a very good time. I was uh, I was thrilled to be invited and and uh, was and man had some great. The guy food. that does that steak night, he has a, a, a Facebook page called Meat Mojo. Well, you can find him around Houston. Definitely got the Meat Mojo. I can tell you. Oh that. man, his. <laughs> Did you have the uh, uh, the lamb chops? I had the lamb chops and the steak. It oh was the my god! Mixed grill of sorts, and yes, yeah, so I took good. most of it home. But the lamb chops were unbelievable. and the pork steak chops. was good. Lamb chops are unbelievable, and the pork chops are unbelievable. Well, my wife had like, the pork chops, so I got to taste those, and they yeah, were great. Yeah, so yeah. it was it. That's just good stuff, and <laughs> and of course the uh, the drinks were flowing, and the cigars were being smoked. In fact, I'll be uh, talking about the cigar I smoked at your birthday party uh, nice. on today's show. Uh, we'll be talking about that, and we're gonna we got some pretty interesting stuff to taste for you here uh, on today's program. Uh, it's also we'll consider this our Cinco de Mayo show. Because Cinco de Mayo is in a couple of days. And uh, so as such, we will be tasting some tequila. We'll be tasting the Tequila Ocho Single Estate Añejo Tequila. So that'll be coming up on the program, plus some rather interesting beers. Rar and Sons Iron Thistle Scottish Ale from Rar and Sons in Fort Worth. Looking for, I like that brewery a lot. I'm, I do too. I've never had their Scottish ale, so I'm excited their about it. Ugly that. Pug is fantastic. And yes, it is. Ugly Pug Black Lager. Great stuff. Now, we've talked about this beer on the show, but we've never uh, had a chance to sample it, or at least I haven't. Maybe you have. Uh, Stone Brewing and No Effects, the punk rock band, uh, teamed up to do a beer. It's called Punk and Drublick. And it's a hoppy lager, and we'll be tasting it today. That sounds awesome, yes. and I've never tried that before. Yes, and I'm very excited about it. And then you brought uh, the, uh, was it the little something-something? What, what was the Lagunitas that you brought uh, that you uh, fished out of your uh, your pantry? I think I put it over here. Give me one second. It's, it's not the little something-something. It's something else. It's not the little something-something, no. Oh, yes, it's the Undercover, undercover investigation, investigation Shutdown Ale. So we'll be trying that. We may have tried this on the show before, but I don't honestly don't remember. So if this is a repeat, we'll see how close we come to what we said about it last okay, time. Okay, um, so as far as we may have tried this before, after what is this, show number 86? Yeah, exactly. 86 shows times minimum four beers per show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think we can stand to do one over. I think we can. Even if we did. I think we can, and I think it works. So, So welcome to the program. So much good stuff going on and so much to talk about. Plus, on today's show, this is important information that you may need. That's what we try to bring you here on Smoking and Toasting. On today's show, how to sneak booze into music festivals. And this is real. This is not like a joke thing. I'm a, I we're gonna give you. Already. We're going to give you five really good ways to make it happen. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Uh I just love it. Man, somebody's phone is vibrating like crazy. Yeah, is like that that's that's all my friends okay. talking about splitting up a box of cigars. All right. Well, uh, well, me, I'll take some. Can... 
<laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, our program is brought to you by our good friends at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And we also want to send a special shout-out to uh, Jeremiah Butler from B&B, who was our special guest last week and brought the best rum we've ever tasted. Best rum ever. Oh, my God, it was good. That was the El Dorado. Yes. Wow. That was, and the other rum was fantastic. Yes, uh, and it was the it was the cheap rum uh, comparatively. Well, so uh, how yeah. much? Uh, just just uh, to to recap that, how much was the less expensive expensive rum? I want to say it was in the one hundred dollar a bottle neighborhood. Right. Yeah, and maybe so, a little less than. And it was fantastic. Man, it was like fabulous. no doubt fantastic. It was fabulous. Like I was like, as soon as we had it, I was like, I got to buy a bottle of this. This is great, <laughs> you know. But. Then we had the El Dorado. The El Dorado, which, twenty-six year, twenty-six year, which I believe is north of four hundred dollars a bottle. I believe it is, yes, uh, is amazing. And they have this in stock at uh, at B and B. And Jeremiah did say that if you order just a glass of it, you know, neat, it's three figures. Yes, not three yes. fingers, but three <laughs> figures. <laughs> so, so it's good to know uh, what you're getting into. But that you know, that's a special occasion thing. And believe me. I felt very fortunate to be able to taste it because it was, although it is kind of like, I don't know, I, I don't want to say it's ruined me for other rums, but I certainly do have a new high bar standard. Yeah, well, once the problem is sometimes once you find that high bar, mm -hmm. it's like, mm, like the other stuff's good, but where are you going with it? Right, <laughs> right. And, and and I don't think it'll be that way for me because I just, I just enjoy rum enough and I enjoy the different – kinds and flavors and and rum can be so different in terms of um of how it tastes and what the mouthfeel is mm -hmm. like that it's you know it's 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 still worth it's still worth checking out and trying so anyway thank you jeremiah uh, for the rum and thank you for being on the show always entertaining when jeremiah is on uh it's that's that's really awesome um i wanted to also uh oh thank you we have found the little red uh, box of sound effects. It's a high-tech it was, sound effects box. It was being box. hidden from me, but I searched it out. <laughs> uh, somewhere, Bobby is going, damn it, they found it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what is going on? Smoking bans are hitting parks and beaches. We'll tell you about that. Uh, we'll tell you about um, the oh the Miller Coors uh, lawsuit. They got sued by Stone. Remember we talked about this on a previous show? Yes. Because of, uh, Miller Coors has taken the Keystone Light brand, which so, is basically... Right, just on Stone. Coors, yeah, now it just says Stone, and so Stone Brewing went, hey, what's up with that? So Miller Coors has responded, and it's pretty ridiculous. Plus, I also want to talk about the fact that Budweiser is whining. Have you seen their new ads? No. Whining? All right. Well, I'll just, we'll just get into this now. Budweiser, on me. Budweiser has these ads where they talk about how difficult it is to brew Budweiser. How hard it is to brew this special blend of ingredients. and what. I'm not kidding. The whole commercial is about how difficult it is. And I'm thinking, I've had it. If it's that hard, you guys could just stop. Yeah. You know? Because it's I'm not going that far. It's not going that far. I'm not saying it's bad. I enjoy a good cold Budweiser from time to time on a hot day. And, you know, if you're going with a mainstream brand, I'm not a fan of the Bud Light, but the Budweiser is, it's a drinkable beer. But, honestly, if you're going to whine about it, like, that's what I'd expect from, you know, 
Stone talking about how difficult it is to make the ruination, you know, or something. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, somebody talking about how, you know, St. Arnold talking about how, dif- how difficult it must be to make the raspberry AF. I get it. Like, right, it, right. it has to be just, uh, but yeah. Guys, if it's that hard, like I've had it, we won't be missing it, really, if you were to take it away. Yeah, I mean, I would notice. If you were to just give up. Like, yeah. I might notice that there's more shelf space there. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how yeah. much Budweiser and Bud Light and Miller Lite take up? Their shelf space is unreal. It is, but have you noticed how even that has been shrinking over the last few years? Yes. Yeah, as as more room has to be made for so many different uh, kinds of brands. And if you look at, and we really need to get our guy um, uh, Joey from Specs back mm-hmm. on the show again, because it's one of the big questions I have is like, since the last time we had him on, it's been it's been a while. Like I've become aware of at least a hundred new beers. Haven't name them. Had a chance to taste them all. Couldn't name them all. <laughs> and a, uh, but but at least a, like that I've read about or right. seen or you know what I mean or or maybe even seen on the show. Like, how do you find the space for all these? And of course you're not going to stock them all. How do you choose? And then how do you? How do you stay one step ahead of your competitors? Because what if you miss a really good one and your competitors get it and it makes them look cooler than you are? You know, these right. are all great questions for Joey. So we got to have him uh, back on the show, and I'm looking forward to doing that uh, soon because he always brings really cool beer. He he always brings, and he's very hardworking. He's a very hardworking guy. So yeah, got to get him back. So so there's so much going on. I'm paying no attention to the time of this segment, so I don't know whether uh, it is time to take a break yet or not. But I can tell you that we will be. Um, that we will be back with uh, a tasting in the next segment. And I can ask you, and I don't know if you're going to talk about what you smoked at your birthday party, but I'm assuming that you had something interesting this week that you smoked that you want to talk about. Yes, I do. <laughs> that was a very NPR yes, I do. Did you I like do. that? Like yes. The pause, the long dramatic pause? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do, Cruz. What did you smoke? I, so I'm not going to talk about what I smoked at, uh, at my birthday party because I've actually talked about that before. I believe I had a... Uh, uh, one well, of the had, aging, an rooms. aging room. Right. I saw you smoking it. Yes. Which are fantastic. Oh, I just wanted so to bring some, along so something good. like that. Yep. You actually dropped off a special occasion cigar, which mm-hmm. I have not smoked yet, but I will make a special occasion very soon. That's the Sun and, and Draw. Yeah, so yeah. we will talk about that mm-hmm. one at great length. Good. We I'm looking forward wax, to We will wax seeing poetic. what you think. So this week, however, uh, I got a bundle of cigars by uh, from a buddy of mine. Who, who he, you know, we, we go in, you know, and split boxes of cigars, and mm-hmm. so I end up with a ton of different cigars, which works out really well for me, because uh, I get to try a whole lot of different ones. And one of the ones he dropped off was uh, A.J. Fernandez, uh, Romeo y Julieta, ah. Puro Nicaragua. Is this uh, is this the little Robusto, or is this the, yes. uh, the big one? Ah. Interestingly, I've had one of those recently. And my... Uh, my what a yeah it's it's that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. had it. It's wonderful. And uh, well, my what a not cigar. to prejudice your uh, your uh, review. <laughs> well, well, let me run it down. So it's 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 uh this is an under eight dollar cigar. The size mm-hmm. that I had uh, is like right at seven dollars uh, per cigar. If you're if you're out of shop buying it, um, the construction of the cigar is beautiful. The label is real pretty, real classy. Uh, it's a it's the Fernandez um, Romeo y Julieta. So it has the R. EJ, mm-hmm. um, just the initials on there, and then on top it has Romeo. It's a beautiful white label. It's a very uh, milk chocolate or even lighter brown colored mm-hmm. cigar. The construction is perfect. Um, it's it's one of those cigars you pick up and you go, okay, this is a quality piece right here. You just kind of mm-hmm. feel that. Mm-hmm. I used a clip. Um, you know, most of the time I, I use a punch on cigars, and this uh, deciding to use a clip on this 
was uh, was brought about by the fact that I couldn't find my punch. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> but I do have a lot of clippers. <laughs> yes. So after I made that decision, mm-hmm. uh, the pre-light draw on this thing was nice. It was it was a little bit of effort, not a lot of effort, but a little bit of effort um, to the draw. It had this great like creamy nuttiness to it. Um, a lot of the earth and leather flavors going on. Uh, really nice, almost like a um, like a, a cappuccino kind of coffee ish mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of thing going on to it. The initial light was big. It was yep. a big flavored cigar. Very I was not AJ. expecting this Very AJ. from. A, but yeah, okay, so from AJ I expect it. As from not, a Romeo and Lugetta, yes, absolutely. I don't. Ex- I don't expect That's that. Right. I, I actually sat down yesterday and expected this to be just kind of a nice light, right. Fluffy kind of cigar, medium, yeah, uh, middle of the road type the, of cigar. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. not at all. This yeah. was a full flavored powerhouse from the beginning. Um, the pre, uh, the uh, the initial light had some spice to it. I really kind of enjoyed it. It sat in the middle of the tongue, kind of area. It didn't burn the back of the throat at all. It didn't uh, didn't uh, give you tongue bite tongue bite right on the uh, mm-hmm. beginning of mm-hmm. the puff or anything like that. Um, I uh, sat down with my wife outside. She was <laughs> she was at home. And I, I I had to smoke this very slow. It was such a big flavor yeah. and so much complexity to it. Like it kept developing all these nuances, these nutty kind of flavors. Just what you and, want a cigar to do. Yeah, yeah. and it was an interesting cigar. So I'd take a few puffs and I'd set it down and just sit there and enjoy that for a little bit. I have to tell you, at the halfway point on this, it was loading up a little bit flavor wise. It mm-hmm. got more and more spicy. And uh, which was enjoyable, but it was big. I just was not prepared for how big that cigar was. I smoked uh, a respectable amount of the cigar. I have to say it might have actually kicked my butt a little bit at the end. I enjoyed it. I would have it again mm-hmm. at um, at the $7 price point. I give it a price for quality. You get uh, a five to five and a half. You mm-hmm. get exactly what you're paying for. You get a great cigar, great construction. The burn was perfect. Um and uh, and I truly enjoyed. it. I would buy it again. And it's fortunate I say that because I actually have about six more in my humidor right now. <laughs> if you had asked me about a year ago, who like the hottest tobacco blender and cigars was, I probably would have said Manuel Casada. Yeah. But I think right now there's no doubt in my mind that AJ Fernandez is like he is the it guy. Oh, right he's on now. fire right now. He's just the, everything he touches lately that I have tried seems to be great, and he's just being. You know, tapped by all these different, you know, Romeo and Julieta, and uh, a lot of the general cigar brands have had him do a blend. And in so many cases, like the one you just described, or like the H. Upman by AJ, like it's just not the profile you're expecting from that brand name. And then boom, wow. He's so hot yeah, right now. Yeah, he really is. And the stuff that he does for his own. Label, oh, yeah. His own brands are, are all just on fire as well. So, AJ, it was a pleasure meeting him the, uh, last year when you and I had a chance to meet him. He was doing a thing over at uh, Stogie's, Stogie's yeah. World Class Cigars, and we got a chance to say hello. And he was he was super nice. And I bought a box of those uh, New World uh, Broadleafs, mm-hmm. which oh, I'm so sad. And I bought I bought the uh, Stella. 
Yes, the Bella, which was which was great, right? Bella, yeah, I can't remember the full name of it now, but the, the, yeah, they were fantastic. I think well, I have like one or two left in there. So I'll tell you what uh, what I smoked this week. I had a very interesting cigar, so I want to share that with you. But we do need to take a break, and we will be back. And when we return, not only will we be doing that, but we'll be tasting the Rar and Sons Iron Thistle Scottish Ale, a good Scottish ale for Cinco de Mayo. It makes sense to me. I love Scottish ales. All right, so we'll be back at Smoking and Toasting. You are uh, listening to show number 86. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, our program uh, brought to you by the fine folks at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. We will be heading to Fort Worth uh, sometime, uh, probably in the next month or so, I think. We're working out a, a date now for real with uh, Jeremiah to go and... Uh, now and, that we and, nailed so. him down for once. Yes, yes. He can be a tough guy to, you know, to, to pin down, but we got him <laughs> We got him working on this. So, so this is our Cinco de Mayo show, uh, which Cinco de Mayo is in a couple of days, and... Uh, Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May, is celebrated to honor Mexico's victory over France at the Battle of Puebla during the Franco-Mexican War, which was from 1861 to 1867. Now, despite having a small band of fighters, the Mexicans were able to defeat the massive French army on May the 5th, 1862. A lot of people outside of Mexico mistakenly believe that Cinco de Mayo is a celebration of Mexican Independence Day, which that was declared more than 50 years before the Battle of Puebla. So uh, that's not why it happened. This holiday started to be celebrated in the U.S. after President Roosevelt created the Good Neighbor Policy in 1933 to improve relations with Latin American countries. It became ingrained in the American calendar, and just as recently as 2005, Congress passed a resolution calling on the president to recognize the historical significance of Cinco de Mayo. Now, Mm. I'll tell you why I like it. I like it for the same reason I like St. Patrick's Day, because it's a holiday that's all about drinking. (laughs) That's why I like it. Seriously, it's like Cinco de Mayo. Wait, I don't understand. Please explain. It's Cinco de Mayo. You're going to have to bring it down a little more base for me. We're going to have margaritas. (laughs) It's going to happen. We're going to have tequila. We're going to try tequila. In fact, let me just pull this out of here right now. Uh oh, what's happening over here? Show this off here. This is a single estate tequila ocho. Yeah, we'll be having this on the program. (laughs) So we will be looking forward to that. That's what. If I set it there, is it like right in front of your head? Uh, I can move my head right now. Okay. All right. So we'll get to that coming up. Um, So I do want to tell you about the cigar that I smoked at your. Uh, birthday party because what did you I have brought, at my birthday? I party? brought a Liga Pravada T fifty two. I just want to point out, by the way, that yes. last year at my birthday, you also talked about the cigar that you smoked at my birthday. Well, party. last year's cigar that I smoked at your birthday party, I liked so much, I went out and bought a box of them. The, I still have one oh, Rocky Patel fifty five. I think left that that cigar. And see, I'm it's I'm, moved I'm, to my bottom drawer, which is yeah, my special. You're, cigar you're drawer. hold on to this for a special day. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, and I didn't do that. Well, I. I I will admit I kind of rationed mine, but I'm out now. I need to get, I need to get more. That's a great cigar. I told Rocky when we mm-hmm. had a chance to talk to him in Vegas that that was that was my favorite cigar of his lineup that I've had. That just that cigar just hit my palate right in the right mm-hmm. place. Loved it. And uh, so let me talk to you a little about the Liga Pravada T52. It's the follow up to the very successful Liga Pravada Number no. Nine, which has gotten 
tons of press and major scenario. accolades and all of it. I'm not sure why they skipped 43 numbers in between and went directly from 9 to T52, but if they're looking for Vada, they can do whatever the hell they want. I can only assume. I got the cigar at Casa de Monte Cristo and brought it to your uh, birthday party on Monday, and um, it... <laughs> It has been described as having, and this is the first time I've actually ever heard this particular phrase, which may show how little I actually know about <laughs> tobacco. But it's described as having a stalk-cut sun-grown Habano wrapper. Have you ever heard of a stalk-cut? Stalk-cut? No. Stalk. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like the, the stalk of the plant. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. stalk-cut sun-grown Habano wrapper, uh, and then uses seven different tobaccos in the... The binder and filler. It's made in Nicaragua. The pre-light was all rich tobacco aromas and leathery chocolate. Once I uh, punched the hole in the end of this, and oh man, the smell in it was beautiful. The construction, by the way, was fantastic. It smoked like a dream. That was a very pretty cigar. Uh, it smoke itself was full-bodied cedar, leather, and what I could really only, I guess, identify as a little bit of orange or maybe like orange zest or orange peel. You know that that sort of uh, flavoring. Um, very, very zesty. An absolute winner. Now, it's about a $15 cigar. It's That's big not bucks. not cheap. That's big bucks. I loved it. At $15, I feel like I got every penny out of it. I enjoyed it so much, I wanted to give it slightly more than a you get what you pay for. But it really probably deserved a five. It really probably, I was going to say five and a half. If this, if this was a $10 cigar, I'd be giving it a big number. You know, because on mm -hmm. the price to quality scale, for those who may be new to the program, a five means you get exactly what you pay for. So if it's a five dollar cigar and it smokes like a five dollar cigar, that's a five. If it's a five dollar cigar, it smokes like maybe like you would have been willing to pay like eight or nine dollars for it. Well, it's going to get a much higher number. Yes. I just don't know if I'd have wanted to pay 18 or 19 dollars for this cigar as great as it was. As great as it was, do I want to put it in the same echelon with a Patron, you know, Anniversario. Mm, those are good. Yeah, you know what I mean? Or or an Opus X or one of those. Um, Andalusian Bull. Yeah, one of those $20 range cigars. I'm just not sure. So I loved it, loved it, loved it. I'm going to give it a five and a half. It's just hard for me to go much higher yeah. for a $15 cigar. It's going to have to well, really wow me. You know, when you get to when you get to that over the $12 mark. Mm-hmm. It's harder to to give it a higher price point or a, a higher rating on the price to quality, just because at that price point it really should be a good cigar. Right, right. Your expectations are already really high because it's fifteen dollars. Yeah, I mean, you know? like a sixty fourth anniversary from uh, from Padrone mm -hmm. is probably going to score a five, and it's amazing. But it's also, I think, what thirty bucks. Right, right? exactly. And that's that's <laughs> that. But that's exactly the thing. It's like right. unless you're disappointed with it, it's probably going to say, "Yeah, mm -hmm. it was worth what I paid." But how good is it going to have to be at thirty dollars? Yeah, to go, to it was worth, worth even 30, more yeah, right. than I paid. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just saying. That would be the 45th anniversary, by the there. way. Yeah. <laughs> Milk it, baby. There uh, you go. Yes, nice and slow. Yes. I love that sound. It's a wonderful sound. I've just opened a can of the Rar and Sons Brewing Company from Fort Worth, Texas, Iron Thistle Scottish Ale. It's described on the can as a full-bodied dark ruby ale, creamy with subtle bitterness, toasted grain, malt-forward caramel sweetness. And Rar and Sons... You mentioned how big a fan we are of their ugly love, pug. Love you know, the ugly pug. Yeah, they got you a know, bunch that's, of 
That's some He's good stuff. Fantastic. I will I will tell you that is some good stuff. I uh, I have not had a lot of their different beers though, and that's why I was actually excited to try this. And I will tell you right off the bat, and I'll show this to the camera. It's a little darker in color than I was expecting for a Scottish ale. You most, almost most expect Scottish the ales. Scottish ales to be, you know, slightly less, um, you know, slightly slightly less dark. Right. You know, uh, this almost looks dark enough to be. Uh, you know, like a Bach or a brown log or something like that. But it's uh, yeah, Scottish ales are usually a little bit lighter, uh, a little more um, red and blonde in them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we'll uh, we'll see what we think of this. I'm uh, uh, fortunately it is nice and cold. Scottish ales also known as a wee heavy, by the way. Mm-hmm. So if you see wee heavy, I'm not sure what that means. If you see wee heavy, W E E wee heavy, like it's a wee heavy. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what we think of this. I can tell you on the nose, it does smell like a Scottish ale, and I'm not even sure what that mean. What I mean when I say that, but it what it's, that it's means what I was is, expecting it to smell like. What that means is you're smelling a lot of malt. You're smelling, and I just <laughs> inhaled some of the beer. I was talking about that at your I, birthday party. I totally didn't see that. By the oh, way, oh man, no, I wasn't uh, staring at you when you did it. Um, uh, of course not. <laughs> and you're not staring at me now, Cobra. Like uh, trying to like clear my sinuses. Okay. Uh, well, I can say I was just talking at your birthday party. I was telling some people how. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't. It was actually at the Patron tasting that I went to last night. I was, uh, you know, I was showing some people how to like, uh, it, you know, how to take the full inhale with their mouth open, and then I explained that I did that on the show a time or two with beer and water <laughs> and up the nose it goes, right, my right. nostrils. And so, here it here it came again. So with a wee heavier scotch ale, you, you you get a lot of that malt profile in the in the on the nose, big time. Malt caramel. Like that burnt oh. caramel on the nose. And then I always smell the alcohol in it a little bit. On I'm the, not on sure the if I'm edge of it. I yeah. always I always get a little twinge of that smell when I'm it's, not sure if I'm getting that on the taste, but I can tell you the burnt caramel and it's a delicious like that. That doesn't sound like it would be very good, but boy, is it! It's well, burnt caramel is a lot like toffee, right? You know, it's, it's a such very a specific flavor. flavor. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really good. I'm impressed with this. This is what I would call an outstanding Scotch ale. Mm-hmm. It's, it's and the Scotch ales that nice. I've had, like I said, have been a little lighter in body and a little lighter in color. Maybe I just haven't had. Enough I love Scotch that it ales. says Prost, y'all. Yeah, Prost, y'all. Uh, from Rar and Sons in uh, in Fort Worth, and it says um, quality brewed, community strong, Texan proud. Well, I am not surprised that they're making a great Scotch ale because they're so good. Um, there's a few on the market right now that are just outstanding. Ninety shilling is a great one. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's I really uh, love the 90, one I'll from. Tell you, uh, I think I like this better than ninety shilling. You know, I'd have to have them next to each other because they're both so good. Definitely more caramel and malt in this than the ninety shilling. The uh, the founders Scottish oh, the founders is amazing. Is great. Yeah, it's just great. That might that might be just one of my favorite out oh, there. Oh man! Now, I, also, there's a, a real ale makes a wee heavy and a bomber. Generally, they don't usually. I don't. They may have it in the small bottles, but it's also quite good. We may have to try that soon. That sounds like a yeah. great idea. I love those guys. Hey, um, a sign that. Perhaps we are a bit closer to the apocalypse than we may have uh, imagined. Guess who's releasing their own whiskey? Oh, no. Bob Dylan. (laughs) Oh, wait. It gets better. Guess what the whiskey's called? Yes.
That was me nodding to Ian to play the sound effect. We've got this totally down, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the whiskey is called Heaven's Door. As in knock, 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 and on. Of course. Heaven's Door. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, his new signature Heaven's Door spirits produced in partnership with Mark Bouchala, uh, who is a liquor entrepreneur. The spirits are all whiskeys. They'll be available in mid-May in select cities. Uh, Bob Dylan said, and by the way, Bob, just can I speak to you directly? I hope the whiskey's good. I really do. Because if it is, we awesome. don't even have to have this discussion. Right. Right. But if it's not, you've won a Nobel Prize, dude. You don't have to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like his <laughs> life's been quite complete. He's life's been good to you so far. The poet of our generation. And uh, anyway, uh, he says, you don't always find inspiration. Sometimes it finds you. We wanted to create a collection of American whiskeys that would each tell a story. Creativity isn't like a freight train going down the tracks. It's something that has to be caressed and treated with a great deal of respect. Now, I really do like what he says about it here. So, I mean, can we trust Bob Dylan to make a good whiskey? I don't know. All right, I just want to supplement this by also making whiskey. Yes. Oh, are you talking about the black box spirits, the vodka, whiskey, and tequila that come in a box that are now available? Black box. You know they make wine. Yes. They make what's called classy wine in a box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all wine. Now they have spirits in a box. Mm. It's mm. <laughs> They have I a black just, box whiskey. I just don't know this if is... I can get used to the idea of tapping the box <laughs> for my next whiskey. You know? I just don't know if I can do it. I mean, is that up or down from a plastic handle? I think it's down from a plastic handle. <laughs> you got I a box with a bladder of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds I, delicious, I, doesn't it? A box with a bladder gonna, of whiskey. I'm yeah. going to grab me a bladder of whiskey at some I, point. I don't know. See, there's some things, <laughs> there's some bridges we perhaps didn't need to cross. <laughs> but that's pretty awesome. I'm gonna hold that right up there. I want you to yeah, see this black yeah, look, box, black box whiskey. Yeah, and whiskey, vodka, and what's the other one? Whiskey, vodka, and tequila. Whiskey, vodka, tequila. Yeah, there you go. All right, we'll be trying some tequila coming up, and we're also gonna try something. Um, and uh, Ian's wife brought this, and I think it's just awesome. It's slow and low, eighty-six proof rock and rye. That's in a can. Uh, this is either gonna be amazing. Or terrible. I'm going to say nothing. I I can't wait to try it. That'll be coming up on the show, uh, plus more beers. And uh, we're going to tell you about the best ways to sneak booze into music festivals this summer. That is coming up. You were listening to Smoking and Toasting, and we are so glad to have you on board for the program today. Cinco de Mayo, everybody. This music. Welcome back to Smoking and Toast. This music is body. It's body and wonderful. Yeah, body is a. That's a great body. word. That's right. That's a great word. We should start doing word of the week on the show. That would be wonderful. This week's word is body. 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 B a w d y. That's right. Body. Even it's, it even describes the way it's a very. Spelled. You're right. It describes a very specific. Yes. And feel. even the way it's spelled is good. Yes. You know. <laughs> now I don't know if I would describe no effects as body, although. <laughs> They do have some of the same characteristics that you think of when you think of body, but they're just, I don't know, something about something about a really sort of like badly behaved punk band 
body seems a little too genteel. Yes, body yeah. would be. It's, well, it's not. It's not the right mood for it. Yeah, yeah, it isn't. No effects and uh, and stone. They would be. They would be rambunctious. Rambunctious. Yes, that'd be good for next week's word. Uh, no effects and stone brewing, which we have huge respect for, out of uh, San Diego, California, have come up with a beer called Punk and Drublick, and they do. And this is why I wanted to bring this up now because we're going to talk about uh, how to sneak booze into uh, music festivals. They actually do one. It's called the Punk and Drublick Festival with Stone and No Effects, and they have tickets and info at punkandrublickfest.com, and it says here. This beer was brewed as a collaboration between Stone Brewing and Fat Mike, uh, who just showed up uh, mostly. I'm sorry, it's a little hard to read on the can. I apologize. Uh, between Stone Brewing and Fat Mike, who showed up and mostly just got in the way. That's what it says. <laughs> uh, but it does say that uh, when you need something to wash the noise down, Stone Brewing and No Effects. Punk and Drublick. It's a hoppy lager. It's only 5.8% uh, alcohol, which I say only because it may be the lightest beer Stone has ever brewed. Maybe, at right? At 5.8. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most, like, you know, lagers are going to come in in the four-something range. Uh, but this one's a little hoppy, so uh, we'll see how. That was a beautiful wow. sound. I can smell hops. I can smell hops the moment the... Uh, the top was opened on this beer. Very, very interesting. I, I really have a lot of respect for Stone, uh, even though some of their beers, I will say, really push the limits of my uh, willingness to accept hoppiness. Uh, but, but still, I will, I will, I will take Stone almost any time uh, because I, I just appreciate what they're willing to do, and that's push the envelope. You know what I'm saying? And see, as much as, as IPAs are not necessarily my favorite, mm -hmm. I love almost everything Stone does. And it's interesting because one of the things that you've expressed some uh, reluctance toward is IPAs that are super hoppy. And that's generally what Stone does, and yet you have huge respect for what they do and for their IPA. Well, so a couple reasons. Stone is doing one thing, and they're doing it incredibly doing well. Doing it well, yes. And they're doing it with balance. Like, mm -hmm. that's that's the thing is balance. Don't just don't throw just give me a pine cone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't just give me a pine cone to chew on. Make it a balanced beer that I actually want more than a sip of. Well, I can tell you on the nose, and I did not actually inhale the beer, but I did smell it. Uh, on the nose, I'm actually not just getting hops, but a little bit of citrus, which is kind of interesting. That surprised me. When it described as hoppy lager, I was expecting the more piney hop and not necessarily the citra, but. I don't know on the nose. This is really no. Good. It does have a bunch it. of citrus. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. pretty too. It's kind of a straw colored. That's really interesting. You know, this thing. is what happens when you heavily hop a lager instead of an ale. It just is different on the palate. You know what I mean? So this is a lager that has big flavor. Mm -hmm. There's uh, that uh, what do you call it? That dankness to it. Yes, that you get from uh, sometimes when you add a ton of hops and so I don't whatever it is that makes that dankness happen I there, like it. A not not a lot of loggers where the word dank would come into play. No, and what's funny is it usually shows up about 3 quarters of the way through your mm -hmm. flavor profile right towards the very end right before you swallow and the finish and everything and it's delicious. It adds a level of interest to this. They really enjoy and what's funny is as big as this tastes up front the finish is so quick. It really is like it. It leaves you this tiny bit of like 
after effect, after the finish, but most of that hoppiness goes away. There's a little bit of that lemoniness to the mm -hmm. end of it, mm -hmm. but it kind of makes you want another sip. So one of the things I like about this, too, is they didn't try to over-sweeten it either. Right, and that's, I think, a mistake some lagers do make is they, in an attempt to be more sessionable, more drinkable, they oversweeten them a little bit. No, this and, is and this is this is really this well is actually done. crisp and delicious. I'll go back to what you said about Stone's beers, balanced, balanced. It's very, very. I'm balanced. a big fan of theirs. Yeah, yeah. We got to do a little San Diego road trip. I think yes. that would be that would be some fun to visit these guys and talk about <laughs> balance in beer. Now they have a music festival called Punk in Drublick. Can you imagine the debauchery at that <laughs> music festival? <laughs> that would have to be just. One of the most awesome things to see. Uh, but I have five suggestions for you, and I will I will tell you right off the bat. Uh, this is from an article that was contributed to Liquor.com, which is a great site, by the way. I recommend you spend hours perusing the many articles there. Not only do they have great cocktail recipes, but they also just have great, interesting uh, articles about every different kind of spirit, a lot of stuff about mixed drinks. And this is what I found on there today, which I thought was perfect because we're entering that festival time of the year. I think Hangout Fest in Alabama is about to happen, and Lollapalooza is about to happen. We already had uh, um, uh, Coachella already took place. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that you want to do at a festival is figure out an economical way to drink because you've already paid through the nose for oh, your yeah. tickets because these things are getting more and more mm -hmm. expensive because they keep having to book, book Beyonce and she keeps raising her rate so you know they got to do something right so the ticket price keeps going up and then while most festivals do have some fairly decent beer and spirit offerings these days it's not At always twelve dollars per yeah, beer. It's not always as affordable as you might want. At Fifteen dollars for uh, a beer. So smoking and toasting is now proud to present to you five easy ways to sneak booze into festivals this season. All right, are you ready? Number one, the sunscreen flask. Yep. If you're going to a summer festival, chances are you'll be out in the sun most of the day. That means having sunscreen in your bag is a totally reasonable thing for festival security to see, and you'll have your booze inside in no time. You should also have a friend bring some actual sunscreen, though, because you're, <laughs> you're going to probably, need probably it. Gonna, uh, probably actually going to need it. But that now this 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 has to be number one on the list because this is a do-it-yourself. Now I will give you one big warning, and that is. You need to wash out the old sunscreen tube really, really well. So before what you're you saying put is your favorite spirit. The next time it. me and you go to a festival uh -huh. and I look over and I see you with a 64 ounce uh, mega bottle of, of sunscreen. sun lotion, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't you, actually have to ask. You're like, dude, is that SPF 30? I'll go, oh no, it's just like seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's really good, and you know. There's no point in doing beer because you'll drink it too fast. So you got to right. you got to put maybe some uh, you know some whiskey, some tequila in there, depending on what. Have you, you seen that thing, the beer belly? I don't know. I don't know what the beer belly. You is. haven't seen the beer belly? Oh, it's like so. a it's like a whiskey or a beer pouch or you a put drink it under your shirt. You put under your shirt around like a it's it like makes you look like you have a a big belly kind of like I do. Interestingly enough, that did not make the list. Maybe they were afraid <laughs> you'd get patted down and discovered. Oh, there's probably you know? that, right? Uh, it, and and listen, I've lost uh I've lost a, a flask going to like Mardi Gras, mm -hmm. you know, where they go Well, there's oh, an acceptable loss. Yeah. Oh, 
So, also, if you go by specs, you know they have disposable flasks. Yes, I know. Them. I just bought one. Yeah, those yeah. are cool. <laughs> but I but I maybe should have bought this, item number two on the list. And by the way, I checked. This is available at Amazon. Just search it. It's the flask bracelet. Say what? Instead of carrying around a flask all day hidden somewhere on your person, opt for this flask bracelet and wear it proudly. It comes in different colors with a funnel. Uh, you can stack them for a sort of a bangle look. Just know you're going to have a little <laughs> extra weight on your wrist if they are full of uh, of stuff. But yeah, yeah. So you go to the festival, you taking a girl along. Uh, if you're a guy, have her wear the flask bracelet, one on each wrist. Yeah, tequila on the left, whiskey on the right. <laughs> That'll work, right? All right, number three. Brilliant. And and this is as brilliant an idea as as you've ever ever seen. And this is also available. You can Google it and find it available anywhere on the web. The smartphone flask. The smartphone flask? Yep. Everybody's bringing their phone into the festival, so not suspicious at all. Uh, this cell phone flask looks just like an iPhone, but holds four ounces of booze. <laughs> <laughs> is that not great? I love this. Number four, works better if there's a chance of rain, but... It's also your best bet if you're trying to sneak in a lot of alcohol. It's the Umbrella Flask. Again, you can find this on Amazon. Uh, it holds up to 13 ounces and looks just like a typical drugstore umbrella. Love it. And shields you from the rain should it happen to uh, And happen actually to rain. operates. And actually operates, yeah. It's just, uh, it's just full of booze. Keeps you dry on yep. the outside and wet on the inside. Number five, I'm not real sure about, but maybe this is just, you know... Maybe this is just my own insecurity showing. But it is one I will say your average security guard is not going to question. And it does exist. It's a real thing. The tampon flask. Uh, yeah. These tubes hold uh, one ounce of booze each, and they use easily uh, sealable sleeves that look just like the real thing. Why does your box of tampons weigh six pounds? <laughs> And why do you need and a whole box to go to the festival? Yeah, uh, it's a heavy. Hey, flow uh, pretty day. sure you're a guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, uh, so there you go. That's how to sneak uh, five very creative ways. But I mean, like they're all like actually really good. I mean, the the, the just, just imagine the guy next to you at the festival. Is that guy eating tampons? <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I I don't know if I could I don't know if I could pull that one off. Flask bracelet maybe. You know. <laughs> Umbrella, smartphone, yeah. yeah. Sunscreen, yeah. Just so long as I washed that out really, really oh, well my gosh. before I uh, before I put it together. So, so there you go. I see. I, it's news you can use here <laughs> right. on smoking and toasting. We're keeping it real right yes, here, right are. now. All right, and we're going to take a break. Come back and keep it real, Cinco de Mayo style, with some single estate tequila ocho. That is on our next segment. Uh, plus, I, I promise to tell you about. Uh, several important things, and one of them is uh, the lawsuit between Stone, who we've already talked about, and uh, Miller Coors. Miller Coors has fired back. We'll tell you what that sounds like coming up. I want to hear about this. It's Smoking and Toast, and thank you for listening. Did you like my well-timed scream there? Yes, that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, smoking and toasting, show number eighty-six. 
We are brought to you by our good friends at B&B, Richard, uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Bacon, 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 yes. A legal drama between independently owned Stone Brewing and Miller Coors continues to unfold. Uh, what this is basically about is... The Miller Coors people have been producing Keystone Light for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Keystone Light is basically their sort of bargain version of Coors Light. Uh, To me, it tastes exactly the same. I don't know. I've never A-B'd them to see if it's exactly the same. But if you were to hand me a cold can of Keystone Light, or if you were to pour it into a glass and say, what is this? I would guess Coors Light. That's, 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 it's close enough, at least, that that's what it tastes like. And it's less expensive. And having gone to college, I've had my share of it. Yeah. So it's like instead of heading for the mountains, you're heading for the foothills. Exactly. That's, that's a perfect way to put it. So Keystone Light has been Keystone Light for years, except now they've shortened it so that on the cans it just says stone. And Stone Brewing, uh, a brewery we've just like been, you know, touting how great we think they are out of San Diego, has been Stone Brewing for a while, and they're saying that Miller Coors is basically, you know, infringing on their name in the copyright hmm, by think? shortening it to Stone. So uh, the California-based Stone Brewing filed suit against Miller Coors uh, over this recent rebranding. Uh, their initial lawsuit says that. It too closely resembles Stone's packaging, and the move was meant to intentionally confuse beer drinkers. So Miller Coors filed an 80-plus page counterclaim this week. And we uh, we have had a chance to look at most of the document. Here are some of the counterclaims that Miller Coors includes. They say that they began using and obtained a federal trademark for Keystone nearly a decade before Stone Brewing registered Stone. They say that Keystone and its customers, I love this, have long referred to Keystone as Stone and to cans of Keystone as Stones. I have never in my life heard anyone say, hey, let's go get a 12-pack of Stones. Yeah, let's go get some Stones. I, as I mentioned As a matter of fact, I've heard people say, let's get mm -hmm. Stoned, but that's different. Yes. I went to college. I've had plenty of cans of this cheap-ass beer. That's right. I've never heard anyone refer to it as stones even one time. Now, maybe I just don't live in the hip areas where they have this. You're not basic bro enough or something? college lingo. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. Uh, While it's true, uh, further into the filing, by the way, they dig in, Miller Coors does, and suggest that Stone's motivation behind this lawsuit isn't about trademarks at all. Miller Coors legal team writes, this case is not about verbatim copying, but about Stone Brewing's struggle with its new identity as a global mega craft beer manufacturer. What? Uh, while it is true that Stone Brewing is currently the H- eighth largest U.S. craft brewer based on their sales volume in 2017, the fact of the matter is no U.S. craft brewer could be labeled mega, no matter how big no. they are. Uh, an independent brewer uh, is still, their size is monumentally smaller uh, compared to the behemoths of big beer. Stone Brewing released their own one page response. To the Miller Coors counterclaim, executive uh, chairman and co-founder Greg Cook. Hold on, I want to pause you. Doesn't that just kind of illustrate how bloated one side of this is yes. compared to oh, the other? Totally, totally. Like how many pages was the uh, was the first response? Eighty pages. Eighty right. pages. That's how bloated. Eighty plus page. How many lawyers do you think wrote that? Oh God, uh, a a flank. How many people? Of lawyers. <laughs> 
Is it pronounced phalanx? I don't know. It don't know. It's one of those words I've only seen in print. I've never heard anyone actually say. It was phalanx, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe. I could be wrong. I just uh, it could anyway. be like some weird part of your body. I don't know. Yeah. So Stone releases a one-page uh, response right. to this, and here's what Greg Cook, the executive chairman and co-founder of Stone, said. He's he's by the way. Not a dude who'll back down from a fight. I mean, he, he's, he's ready to rock here. He's ready to rumble. He calls the document, quote, a work of fiction <laughs> that he read while sipping on a stone white Geist Berliner Weiss. He goes on to say that Miller Coors's uh, law firm did what they got paid to do, present a lot of misleading allegations, and package them as facts. In the coming days, he says, we look forward to publishing each misstatement on Twitter. Hint, the deception starts right up front in paragraph one. Best choose your popcorn-eating gifts now. Uh, and true to his word, he's been dissecting Miller Coors' claims on his personal Twitter feed. So it's at Stone Greg, S-T-O-N-E-G-R-E-G. Uh, go follow it because it is totally worth your time totally gonna have and to effort to, uh, to look at his Twitter feed. I just think uh, not only do I love them as brewers, but I love how they're standing up to, uh, to Big Beer in this case, and I think it's... I think it's absolutely You awesome. know, and it's amazing that Big Beer holds something in the neighborhood of like 85% yeah. of the entire market share. Yeah, exactly. And they're fighting for that 15% oh, well, that they're not they getting. Well, they know they've become uncool. That's the thing. And they're fighting for it so Fighting hard. for it. Yes, absolutely. And also probably they tried to buy Stone and Stone said that no. That was a very tequila-like pop. It was a very sort of a, uh, it was almost understated. The, uh, the if, I'm going to put it back in and try it again. Yeah, a very understated sort well, of. Well, hold on, put it back. One more, one more try. Put it back one in there. Okay. Flip the bottle over. I don't flip it over. You don't shake tequila. No, no. Now. Okay. Oh, so you're saying if the cork is is uh, a little bit wet, that we'll get a little more. A little more. A little more. And I also smell the tequila more as yeah. the uh, as the cork uh, is. Is off and the tequila is being. I like open. the little attitude. They're like you don't shake tequila. Oh no, you don't <laughs> shake tequila. Well, you do if you're making a margarita. That'd be the. That would be the time. <laughs> That'd be the time and place. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to shake tequila. What is that song? Shake, shake, shake tequila. No, that's wrong. I've got it. I've got it wrong there. Uh, somehow. So, so yeah. So this is this is single estate tequila ocho, 100 percent uh, agave. Uh, they in, interestingly enough. They number each bottle of this, and this is bottle number 6,357. I don't know if they number them because of the tequila shortage, or if that has anything to do with it. I don't really, don't really know, don't really understand. But tequila is, tequila is as tequila does, I believe. So Tequila is as tequila does. As, as Pee Wee Herman would say, tequila. Or was that Pee Wee Herman that said that? Remember the dance he did? Yeah, I just figured tequila is as tequila does. Oh, no, that was, that was I'm paraphrasing Forrest Gump is what I'm doing there. Oh, that's right, that's right. So, All right, so going to... Going to smell a little tequila here and see what we come up with. And again, let me show the bottle here to the camera. Single Estate Tequila Ocho. And that smells very tequila-like. It is. I, I, I was going to say that about just just when the top came out of the bottle, it immediately smelled very much like tequila. And I'm not trying to be redundant, but it like it was the agave smell. Boom! Right out of the uh, right. Out, where sometimes you begin when you first smell a tequila, especially an añejo, you begin to smell the um 
you know the wood the oak the whatever it's been aged in and and the byproducts of that right off the bat this one you immediately smell agave agave right off the front you know what's funny though is you immediately taste um vanilla oak and pepper Mm -hmm. i'm getting the pepper more on the back yeah the pepper's on the back but the vanilla and oak up front vanilla and oak and then Mm -hmm. the the finish is pepper and oak it's delicious for a tequila añejo it's got a little more bite and a little more pepper yeah. than I might be expecting. A lot of times, by the time you get to the amount of age that an Añejo has had, the amount of time that it's had aging in the uh, in the casks and the barrels. Is it four years or three years for an Añejo? Uh, I uh, so I, I think it has to be four or yeah. more to gotcha. officially be an Añejo. Um, but I'll look that up, and people can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. But I think, I think for tequila, it only has to be four years. Uh, but the but the point is that most of the time, by the time it's become an añejo, uh, it's it's just got that creamier smoothness. Yep. It goes down a little a little smoother. And I'm not saying that this isn't smooth, but you know you're drinking tequila. Yeah, there's no doubt about yeah. that. When you're uh, you know we talk a lot about the skelly and how delicious that is and how it's deceptive as it can possibly it's be. It's a little scary, yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't necessarily I mean you get the tequila flavors, mm-hmm. but you don't get the tequila boom. Right. And it can be very deceptive. This you have no problem understanding that you are It is however pleasant. Tequila. Oh, it is. I didn't mean it, to it's, in it's any way actually very it pleasant and I like the pepperiness on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pepperiness is delicious. Um It's almost like a white pepper. Yeah. Uh, uh sort of a flavor to it. It is delicious. Wow. Really delicious. I have not had any of the um, uh, the lesser age tequilas, the Reposado or the Blanco, from uh, from this particular brand. This is the first time I've had a tequila ocho. And I want to say that this bottle was in the neighborhood of like $60, $65. That was going to be my next question. So it, it, it's, not, it's not one of the $30 Añejos, and there are some of them out mm-hmm. there. Uh, but, so it's, but it's about twice that. Uh, but it really just depends on your taste. I would say if you like your tequila a little more bold and in your face, this is a great one for you. It if is you're smooth, looking though. For it, yeah. I mean, it's got a smoothness to it. Even even though it's a bold, um, a bold uh, uh, distillate, it's got a smoothness to it, and there's a little butteriness to the overall fe- mouthfeel mm-hmm. of it. Now, I will tell you that what this reminds me a little bit of is a tequila that is far less than half its price. But was quite good. I bought uh, when I was in Los Angeles, and I think I may have polished it off before you showed up. Uh, but I bought a bottle of Hornitos Añejo hmm. that I thought must have been incorrectly priced because I bought it at like the drugstore, at, like the Rite Aid, <laughs> right. and they had you know they had a number of they in California. You can buy uh, liquor at you know the grocery store or the uh, drugstore or whatever. So it wasn't that unusual for them to be selling it. But the bottle was on sale for seventeen ninety nine. I thought, for Añejo, are you kidding me? Like especially in California, when er- where everything's everything more expensive more than I'm used to right. finding it to, for here. So I thought, well, if it's awful, and and I've had Hornitos Reposado before and liked it. So I thought, well, it can't be that awful. But if it is, I'm only out eighteen bucks. Right. So I so I bought it, and it was delicious. It was very similar to this. Maybe not quite as smooth, but definitely had the pepper. Like, but if it wouldn't. Quite as it wasn't far off from being as smooth as this, and at you know less than a third of the price, 
I could argue well, there's, there's give it'd take. be a better deal than Hornitos in generally has a much peppery, much mm-hmm. more peppery. Mm-hmm. It's like out of all the um, less expensive, bigger uh, names out there, it's usually the pepperiest of them. I just like going to the counter and saying, yes, I'd like a bottle of the Hornitos. Hornitos. <laughs> <laughs> I just like saying the word Hornitos. Okay, we're going to say uh, the word segment five, and or that's two words, I apologize. Uh, but we're also going to say the two words slow and low. And we're going to say the two words rock and rye, because we're going to try this uh, little concoction in a can when we come back. Plus, we have one more beer to try, and I'm going to tell you about the fact that there are suddenly, like out of nowhere, Huge amounts of smoking bands coming down the pipe. I'm going to tell you about those, and we got to commiserate and figure out what we can do. It's coming up. It's smoking and toasting, mm. and you are uh, listening to show number 86. I'm Cruz. He's <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, our final segment for show number 86. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. If you're at B&B and you want to just totally treat yourself, go for that rum we had last mm, week. Oh, so man, El Diablo. It was, uh, it was, was it El Diablo? Am I remembering the name correctly? Oh, I think that's right. Go back and listen to last week's show if you, if you, if you need to clarify. But boy, is it good. Just ask them for that rum that Jeremiah really likes. They'll know what you're talking about. Um, also, it's over a yeah. hundred bucks a drink. So the song said on the right. So you got to be re- you got to be wanting to really treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the song said on the beach in Hawaii. As far as I know, you can still light up a cigar if you are lying in the sand on the beach in Hawaii. But more and more public places are falling into Ian's description of what it's like to smoke in California. It's really very simple. You can smoke anywhere you want to as long as you don't smoke inside and you don't smoke outside. That's right. Yeah. So uh, that's what it's becoming more and more like. And I'm really concerned about this for golfers. Now, I don't play golf myself. I mean, I've played a few times, but I'm not a, a regular golfer, right? But one of the things that so many of the people I know who are golfers mm-hmm. enjoy so much is hitting the golf course Lighting up that golf course cigar mm-hmm. and smoking it while they play—it's—it's it's part of the experience. It's part of the I community know, of what they do. You know, I actually know quite a few people who literally the only time they smoke cigars is when they're on the golf course. Is when they're on the golf well, course. Well, it's becoming harder and harder to do. It's getting harder and harder to find a place to enjoy a cigar outside anywhere. A slew of new smoking bands—that could be our word for like two weeks from now. A slew, because mm-hmm. a slew means a lot, a lot in a short time. A slew of new smoking bans have gone into effect around the U.S. that impact smoking in parks and beaches. Smoking in the parks of Ridgecrest, California, now prohibited. The city of Huntington, West Virginia, all of its parks now tobacco-free. By the way, everything I'm about to tell you has happened since April 15. Mm. These are all brand new prohibitions. And I like calling them prohibition because it's they what are. it reminds me of. Yes, and they really are. Legitimately, it's what they are. Smoking at parks, athletic fields, and playgrounds is now banned in Downers Grove, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. Downers Grove Golf Club, a publicly owned course, has banned smoking everywhere except on the course. So in this particular case, you can still smoke 
on the course everywhere else. Can you imagine done. how many people they would lose yeah. if they banned it on the and course? And it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. Uh, Smoking's also banned at Belmont Prairie, Fishel Park, and Lyman Woods in that area. Box Butte County, Nebraska has made all of its county grounds tobacco-free. Prescott, Arizona has banned smoking in all parks. Sandusky, Ohio has approved a park smoking ban that includes city parks, piers, marinas, bike paths, and golf courses. Mm. And Asbury Park, New Jersey, a place where I have actually sat on the beach and smoked a cigar has now banned smoking on the beach. Mm. So that means I can no longer do what I enjoyed doing so much on 4th of July with my best friend Dave and his wife Gwen. And uh, it, it, well, it, this, this, I mean, because you're, what is happening you're to a us? terrible criminal because I am you a want terrible to criminal. smoke a cigar. Right. And by the way, I made sure we weren't outdoors. Like right on top of another family with kids or something. Like, you know, I was responsible about it. Of course, it was legal then, but like it's what I'm saying is that most I can't speak for cigarette smokers, but most cigar smokers that I know are actually quite conscious of not wanting to bother people with their cigars. I always ask if I'm going to smoke a cigar and there's somebody already sitting there, Mm -hmm. I will ask. And if they say, yeah, actually, that'll bother me. I've got no problems. You haven't hurt my feelings. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll find another place. No problems. Exactly. exactly. I will find another place. That's just about being a polite human being. Right. That's not a problem. Now, if I'm already sitting there, and this has happened, and Mm -hmm. it boggles my brain, if I'm already sitting there smoking a cigar and someone comes and sits close to me and then complains. And then complains, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. I've got nothing for you, buddy. I've got nothing for you. I'm right there with you. Nothing for you at all. I'm right there with you. Got a little something for you here. A little something, something. Oh, ooh, that was a good sound. Yeah, uh, actually, it's not the little something something, which little is something, something. a Lagunitas product, but this is the Lagunitas Undercover Investigation Shutdown Ale. Undercover. I love the title, I love the name, and I'm just going to tell you that uh, we probably have sampled this before on the show, but in case uh, in case we haven't, we're going to recover this ground right about now, the Funk Soul Brother. Uh, so. Looking forward to taste. I love Lagunitas as a brewery, by the way. I know that they are um, not as independent, I suppose, as they once were. I think they've been uh, maybe bought by one of the big boys. I actually don't know where they're at with I, it I, right I'm, now. I'm not really I sure. I do know that they make, like, if it says Lagunitas, it's a quality brew. Yeah. They have always, and I love, one of the things I like about Lagunitas is that I can find their IPA at many, many different places around, uh, at least around uh, the greater Houston area. It seems to be a place that a lot of bars stock as maybe their one IPA, mm-hmm. you know, or, or their or their additional IPA if they stock the the one. I know a lot of bars seem to stock Hopadillo and feel like that's here in Houston. They stock Hopadillo and feel like they've got the whole category covered. And uh, I would appeal mm. to you, uh, bar managers, that you know Hopadillo's just fine. But you do not have the whole category. Coming. No, not at all. You really don't. You really need to do one more and find something interesting. And Lagunitas is a good choice, and you find that at a lot of a lot of places. So I really love their IPA. Uh, we've had their a uh, little something something on the show before, and that was uh, pretty good. And the brown sugar, uh, that's brown sugar that was good, delicious. Yes. We tried that not too long ago. But this one is the undercover investigation shutdown ale. And uh, if we had this, I don't remember. So let's. Let's go back and see if I can't do this without importing it into my sinuses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, without uploading it into mm, your nose. Mm, mm, mm. 
My friend, that's a good beer. This is a bitter beer. It is a very bitter beer. And it's got a little bit of almost what I like to call Christmas spice yeah. on the on the finish. Not that it's really a Christmas ale tasting beer, but it's got just that hint of that Thanksgiving, um, uh, you know, fourth quarter Christmas ale type mm-hmm. of thing. Which, by the way, that time's going to be upon us before we know it. We'll be doing a Christmas ale show again. St. Arnold Christmas ale. Oh, I, I can't know. wait till it comes out. <laughs> it's St. Arnold Christmas ale is like... It's like a really good box of Christmas cookies. That's pretty amazing. You crave it all year, waiting for it to come back around. Pretty amazing. Yep. So this this has a little bit of that um, burnt caramel, like the uh, like the uh, mm-hmm. Scotch ale had to it, and it's got a lot more crisp to it. This is not a um, this is not a big round tasting uh, beer. This is more of a you get your flavor profile right up front. You get this little finish, and you're done with it. It does have a lingering. Kind of bitterness in a in a good way. In a good way, yes, mm-hmm. I agree. It's uh, it's got a very complex flavor, which is another thing I really love about Lagunitas is that everything they have isn't just totally straightforward. You know, their their IPA, the uh, Lagunitas IPA, is a fairly straightforward IPA, but even it has some nice complexity to it. And the stuff like the brown sugar and the little something something, they're very complex. There's so much going yeah. on there. And this one kind of falls into that uh, kind of falls into that category. Almost has a little fruit zest to it. Yeah. Like from the orange or mandarin kind of uh a, a family. By the way, 9.7%. And you don't even notice it. Yeah, not at all. Interesting. Not at all. It doesn't come across that way at all. It almost Drink even, eight of these. It almost feels lighter Don't than the stone lager that we tried. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, uh, wow, interesting, interesting, interesting. And I like the uh, the low carb on it. I like that it's uh, not very carbonated. It kind of works with this particular ale in the mouthfeel. By low carb, you're not speaking of carbohydrates. No, 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 no. I would never car- be speaking <laughs> carbonation. Hey, by the way, check out the pop tabs on those. Yes. Now this is. We're, we're also going to sample this before the show ends. This is the Slow and Low Rock and Ride. It's basically an old-fashioned in a can. Show them the pop tab, and though, because old school. Major props to Tiffany for bringing this. This is like, awesome. Like, that's the kind of pop top that you can cut your heel on, just like oh, in the song. Oh, totally. Or, like, if you start, like, yeah. you Remember the old cans of pudding that you would pull the pop top off, and then they would have pudding on the, so you would lick the pudding and off then and cut then cut your, your tongue? tongue? Yes. yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, good. I'm not the only one. So let's see. I don't know what kind of a sound this will provide for us, but since we are all about the authentic sound effects, which really means we're too cheap to buy a sound effects library. Oh, I think that was the pop. Yep, that was the pop. That was just the, that was just the peel off. Yeah. A little anticlimactic, but that's all right. We'll... We'll we'll make it work. So so this is basically an old fashioned in a can. Yes. And I'm excited to try this because I will admit not a lot of canned cocktails are very good. I'll just say that right up front. A lot of canned uh, cocktails are just kind of like not. Let's just go ahead and overgeneralize that and say canned cocktails are generally not a good idea. Canned cocktails are usually not what you're looking for. Yeah. But the not the best idea I've seen. But I will say this. I've been out drinking with you and your wife, and she has never steered me wrong. <laughs> Not once has she steered me wrong. So, I will uh, be very, very fascinated to see what we uh, what we come up with with the slow and low, eighty four proof. And this is made eighty four proof. You yeah. do realize that is 40%, forty percent, forty two percent. Hock Statters, H O C H, S T A D T E R apostrophe S. Hock Statters established in. 
1884. Holy cow. So these guys have been around for a while. And you can kind of tell, again, I want to show the label to the to the camera. The young lady on the cover there is having quite a good time. Uh, that's all I will say. Straight rye whiskey, raw honey, navel orange, rock candy, and bitters. That's what this is all uh, made with, according to the can. So uh, very, very interested to try this. And I do love a good old-fashioned, so it'll be... Uh, and a good old-fashioned has that orange zest. It has... Yes, yeah, right. It has the orange bitters. The uh, simple sort of syrup, which it. I'm assuming they're using the uh, rock Whatever. candy to cover that. Adam on the wheels of steel there. All right. Uh, well, it smells like an old-fashioned. It does. You've got that orange on the nose and the little bit of the bourbon, uh, the rye on the nose. Um, wow, very interesting. Uh, Straight yeah. out of a can. I'll tell you this. I've been to bars and had old fashions made that weren't this good. It's kind of good, isn't it's it? It's kind of good. Yes, it really, and it comes in this little bitty can. I mean, that that amazes me. I had zero expectations, other What's than the, the fact uh, that Tiffany how brought it. How much do those cans cost? About four about bucks. About four bucks. Yeah, which you'd pay more than that for it at a at a bar. If you go to a place that sells you an old fashioned for four bucks, yeah, beware. Beware. Yes. Yeah, it, but this is. Wow, I'm I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> now I'm remembering uh, your uh, your buddy. I I'm not remembering his name. Your buddy, that's the bartender at the New Potato, Matt. Matt. Oh, he made us an old fashioned there that was to die for. I will tell you, uh, he makes the best old fashioned that I personally know. Of. Mm. Like to my palate, that is the ultimate old fashioned. Mm. It was very um, impressive. I don't know what kind of mojo he uses, um, but it's... It's magical spirits that he induces. It's pretty, it's pretty yes. amazing. Yeah, it, it really he is. He infuses it with the happiness of a small mm. child. Um, so <laughs> Tiffany, Ian's wife, who brought this, is uh, she's here with us on the show. Can you like find this at like liquor store? Yeah. Specs has got these? Specs, total one. Okay, so you should be able to find these at any normal uh, liquor store. And I get to tell you, I, I have to stock up on these now. Because what I will do, or in, Vegas. or in Vegas, what I will do is when people come over, I'll go, yeah, I can mix you up a good old-fashioned, and then I will uh, sneak one of these cans you just out, grab a shaker with some ice, ice. Yeah. chooka 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 and boom, there you go, there's your old-fashioned. And they go, wow, you make great drinks. No, this is good. Slow and low, 84 proof rock and rye. Very impressive. Well, I'm so glad you did this. It's not the type of thing we would normally think to try on the show. But after a show for Cinco de Mayo, where we did the uh, Tequila Ocho, and after a show where we taught you how to sneak stuff into uh, into music festivals, this this could go perfect. Do you, you suppose could, there's going to be repercussions for that? From the music festivals? <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> bring it. After all the money I've yeah, dropped right? at yours, you just bring it, you know? My uh, favorite, my favorite is day we were, for night. Still owes me money. Can I just tell you that <laughs> those losers? We were at Jazz Fest, and they made money. We were at Jazz Fest a few years ago when it rained out. Yeah, so we paid a lot for the tickets, and mm -hmm. then it rained out. And then it rained out. Yeah, we got to see one and a half shows. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was raining so bad that it was up like almost to my knees where we were standing. Mm -hmm. Um, for That's one Houston of those kind of rain there. Yeah. For one of those uh, 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 little, um, we call it little plastic ponchos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know the ones you can buy at the dollar store for mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. a dollar. <laughs> Surprisingly, how much? Right? How much? At the like festival? eighteen bucks. I'm a sure piece. they were, and I'm sure before the rain started, they were nine. 
Probably. Yeah. But it, <laughs> oh oh, it, did I feel a drop? Change the price, Fred. They just right. went up to. They just 18. walk up to the little price sign yeah. and flip it around yeah. backwards. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like open on one side, close on the other. <laughs> it's it's nine, nine on nine one side, eighteen while it's yeah. raining. Yeah, exactly. Well, so that's why I have no sympathy for the music festival uh, persons. So uh, appreciate that you guys do a good thing, uh, but uh, but yeah, your drinks are too expensive. Yeah. Sorry. That's a little bit of price is. gouging there. A little bit of price gouging going on. I want to thank uh, everybody who was involved in uh, bringing the show uh, together for today. Thank you, Tiffany, for bringing in the slow and low. Uh, thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel for putting it all together, as he always does. And uh, and thanks to you, my friend, for having a birthday and giving me like exciting and fun things to do this week. We did have fun, didn't we? We had a great time <laughs> at your birthday party. We really I had did. a bunch of people out. I was Smoked pretty happy about great that. great cigar, drank some awesome beers, had... Like steak and and lamb chops that were like mm. over the moon. They were so good. Yeah. So, uh, so it was great. Meet stuff. Mojo if you're in Houston. Meet look Mojo. up Meet Mojo. Find out where that guy. He does steak nights around town. Yeah. Find man. Him, find him and order the lamb chops. That's all I have to Unbelievable. say. Unbelievable. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are really looking forward to next week's show. We're going to be on location, so we'll tell you all about that. Watch the Facebook page during the week. Thank you for uh, listening to Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for watching us on uh, Facebook Live. And we also want to remind you to check us out on the YouTube feed because everything gets archived at the YouTube feed. It's a great way to go back and uh, actually physically see the shows that you might have missed. And they're all very easy to find. Just look for the videos tab on the Smoking and Also, Toast what was YouTube that cigar feed. you talked about? What was that drink we had? What was that? Right, right. It's all there. Oh, yeah, the that's right. There. It, 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 it's easy to find, and that way if we went on and on about something and said you got to try it and you want to go back and figure out what it actually was, you can totally do that. Also, and, if you like what we're doing, share it. Yes, that Please would be appreciated. On social media. That would really be appreciated. We thrive on these things. We we dig it. Yeah, share it. If you're a... Uh uh, follower of ours on Facebook, thank you. If you're not, please uh, go by the Facebook page, click follow, and uh, and as Ian said, share it. That's a that's a great way to do it. So have a great week. We'll be back with show number 87. I believe next week we're going to be on slightly later, but we will still be on on Thursday. Uh, so watch the Facebook page for details and information. Have a great week, my friends, and uh, as is totally appropriate to say when you have an old-fashioned that you could almost pretend you made yourself. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.